Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast. This is a show that's also a podcast about a game called MLB, the show. Hence the name, the show, the podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Another week, another batch of content and thingy-majiggies to talk about. Today, on this episode, we are going to talk about the George Brett Collection. Spoiler alert. It was a little off on what I had projected the requirements to be. However, that's largely because not only did they drop George Brett in the faces of the uh, futures of the franchise, whatever the fuck they're called, they also dropped 30 flashbacks and legends that I was not accounting for, and I don't think anybody was really accounting for. So, I was close. I wasn't right there, because again, didn't expect 30 new cards to just drop, but I I was close. Uh, Also... I didn't go back and listen to the episode. However, I think I might have said in the last episode, now's a great time for George Brett to be the collection reward. I didn't outright make that my guess, but I'm pretty sure those words came out of this mouth. So, I'm incredibly wise. This is why you watch and listen. Uh, Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Like, subscribe if you're there. Leave a comment down below. Do you have George Brett yet? What do you think of George Brett? I think it is uh, the biggest W I've ever seen. This card fucking rakes. I have him already. We're going to talk about all of it. Um, If you're on Apple Spotify, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Leave a five-star review. Uh, Just leave five stars. Rate it, period. I appreciate you. I love you. And uh, you're the best. So first things first, we're going to talk about George Brett. And then we are going to rate... Review more so, because we're not going to assign a rating to each card, but we're going to review each Future Star card that dropped. A lot of them look like copy pastas. If people are not of internet memehood, they don't know exactly what that means. I think you can decipher it, but basically, the attributes just look like they were copied and pasted and they were given different swings. There are some unique ones, but again, we're going to talk about every single one. So let's jump in. We will start with George Brett. Because the crux of the episode is going to be all about the future stars. Let's get George Brett out of the way first. I think first thing we should do is check out George Brett. Right? So here he is. Here's the man, the myth, the George Brett. And he is the spiciest thing I've ever seen. First of all, first things first. Finest flashback or throwback finest, whatever they're calling it, card art, is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. That's incredible. I love the way that looks. They also gave us a throwback, uh, flashback, finest Brian Wilson. This opens up limitless possibilities. Like, a a throwback finest Chipper Jones would be sick. Throwback finest Vladimir Guerrero from his MVP season would be wild. Tons of possibilities. Okay? Tons of possibilities. Second thing. I have him at parallel two already. So some of these numbers are going to be a little skewed based off his base stats. And because I don't remember what most of his base stats were, well, actually, you know what? I can figure this out. I can. So, contact right. He starts at 125. Know that for a fact. That's the best it can be. Power right, 110. The fact that this is a 1980 finest George Brett really opened the door for his power to go way up. Because normal George Brett cards are in, like, that 75 to 90 range. They started this motherfucker off at 110. Uh, Contact versus left, 120. Phenomenal number. Power versus left starts at 96. It's going to get to 101. This man is going to have 115, 101 powers with max contact against both sides. 
People are still saying this card's an L. This card fucking slaps. This is... I know people get caught up using this word way too early. It is June 6th. I'm saying it. This is an endgame third baseman. This might be the endgame third baseman. Based off contact numbers that are going to be max 125. Power right is going to be 115 plays more than enough. Fuck, 101 plays more than enough. He's got 125 vision, and if you like a big PCI, that's really all that means. But it is helpful. 125 clutch, if it's a late game and you need a, you need a hit and he's up at the plate, he's going he's gonna to put it in play. The man gets up to 94 fielding. Diamond shield at third. He won't be a diamond at first, but I don't see why you'd play this card at first. There are enough first basemen. Uh, he gets to 90 arm at third, so he's throwing everybody out. 86 reaction at P5 is insane. Obviously, I'm covering his reaction speed. He gets up to 79 speed. The dude is incredible. But then you package all of that together. And he's got a top 10 swing in the game. And that might not even be generous enough. He might have a top 5 swing in the game. This man's cracked. My stats with him so far. Granted, this is BR and the event. I have not used him on Hall of Fame yet. Clearly, that's going to bring my average down. But in 52 at-bats, I'm hitting 519 with a 528 OBP. He's walked one time. 10 home runs, 16 RBI. I struck out one time in 52 at-bats with this motherfucker. Three doubles and a triple. I don't understand why people think this card's an L, even after seeing the attributes. I think people just see the name George Brett, and it's not like a sexy name. It's not like, oh shit, Chipper Jones. Oh shit, David Ortiz. Oh, um, uh, another one. Another player. I don't know. This card's unreal. It might take you time to get him. I promise you will. But the second you get him, he goes in your lineup, you don't think twice. That's it. It's that simple. This is going to be every single person's third baseman by August. It's that, it's that simple. Let's look at what it takes to get him. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, it's a lot. You need... There are 17 vouchers in total when you also count future stars. You need 16 of them. So it's a lot. You know, you need Joe Maurer. You need Babe Ruth. Shockingly, Randy Johnson... Collection reward was not one of them. Usually, if I'm not mistaken, live series is. But you need a lot. Okay? So, Babe Ruth, Joe Maurer got those down. Milestone. You needed six of them, which was fucking a lot. Uh, thankfully, on the day that they dropped this collection, they also dropped the Always Intense 2 choice pack with two milestones in it. Three milestones in it, technically, in a rare round. I bought the base round block Brock Holt for hecka cheap and Jorge Polanco for hecka cheap. Also, this Polanco card smacks. If you're uh, if you're in the market for a shortstop or second baseman, very very good card. Very very good card. Excuse me, is that you? Ed, Brock Holt, by the way, very good left-handed swing. Shockingly, is he a bopper? No. Is he a God Squad player? No. But if we want to mess around in an event or BR, he might not be bad. He plays every position but catcher, and obviously pitcher. Um, it's a cool card. But yeah, so you needed six milestones. This was a lot. 
spoiler alert, the one that gave me the most problems, we'll get there, was the award section. That was the only one I needed after it initially dropped, so I had to build some stubs up to get there, but we got there. Signature series. You needed five. I had five. I was prepared for this one. I was right on this one. See, I'm shocked that they didn't, in the always intense um, choice pack, they didn't add SIG cards. Instead, they were like, oh, here's another couple second halves. Here's a breakout. Here's this, is that. I don't fucking need those. Give me some more low-tier signature series, because that was an easy way to balance out the content a little more. Listen, it's a minor complaint, but we only have six SIG series cards, and it's June 6th. So, I don't know. But you needed five. I was right on that one. Awards. <laughs> I was like, ah, you might need seven or eight. Like, no, you need ten. And there's only eleven. <laughs> ah, this one sucked, man. So, I had eight. I needed... Actually, no, I had seven. I'm sorry. Robbie Ray was a new headliner that came out that day. Purchased him. I might have had a six, actually, now that... Yeah, so I only had six because there weren't that many. Robbie Ray was a new headliner. Bought him. Adam Duvall was in the Always Intense pack. Bought him. And then I had to really grind some stubbies. I initially sold Albert Pujols. Got about 120k stubs and used him to fill out some other stuff I was missing. So for this section, I was down Pujols and uh, B-Crow. After much grinding, I got both of them and finished awards. The other option was to go through ranked and make a World Series push to get Reggie Jackson. I just didn't feel like the heart ache was worth it at that point. So we just, we didn't do that. But 10 awards cards, Jesus Christ. Uh, 10 prime cards. They dropped a few more, but I was ready for this one. I was ready for this one. We were happy with this one. Face of the franchise. I thought you'd need... I think I said, like, between 24 and 27. I was banking on 25. I had 25. You needed 27. They were still cheap. The market crashed because they, everyone thought this was so unattainable. So the market actually crashed. Usually the market on collection days goes through the roof. It did not do that this time. So 27 for here. Prospects. You needed... 40. I thought you would just need like all the golds and a couple of the, the diamonds. 32, 35, 40. So I had 39. I just had to go in and I bought, uh, I think I bought Volpe. Yeah, but Volpe was cheap. I bought Volpe. Or maybe Alvarez. I don't know. I bought one of these guys right here. Monthly awards, not a big deal. You just needed 14 of them. There's, uh, there was only four. You needed every single one. Not a big deal. Very simple, very easy. No problem at all. Tops now, you needed 33, which there's 34 of them. So, easy peasy. You should have all of them anyway. Second half heroes, 22. This one was a little tricky. I think I had to buy somebody. No, I didn't have to buy anybody, but they dropped new cards. That's what it was. They dropped all those new cards, like I said. So, um, this one was not a huge deal. It just took a little bit of grinding in the new program. Rookie was 30. Same thing. I had more than enough. I think everybody should have had more than enough rookies. Uh, breakouts, 35. I had plenty. They dropped new stuff, but 35 breakouts. All-star. 60. 60. Uh, yeah, you had to unlock some stuff. Listen, guys, this collection was hard. Really, 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 really hard. They did not want anybody to finish this day one. Some people obviously did. But 
Really wanted you guys to grind. Uh, 28 on veteran. That one was simple enough. And postseason, 12. I think I had to buy somebody. Who was my big... Uh, or I had to grind something out, I think. Yeah, I had to grind out to get a couple of these guys here. But listen. It's a big collection. It's early in the game cycle. Do not get discouraged if you don't have them, if you're not close. I Technically, we should look at future stars too, right? You need 27 of them. There's also a good screen to just look at the program from, actually. Um, listen, don't get discouraged. With how much content is dropping in this game this year, there are going to be so many free cards or easy-to-obtain cards that will make getting George Brett a breeze within the next month. So don't worry about that. You'll get him, and he's never going to leave your lineup. I promise you that. George Brett card is absolutely, absolutely insane, and you'd be a lunatic not to use him, if I'm being completely honest. The card is nuts. Okay, so we're going to review the Future Stars cards. Uh, all but these two. Keston Hira is an 88, no one cares. And Leover Piguero, we talked about in the last episode, I think. We knew that he was coming. He's whatever. There you go. There's your review. He's whatever. Um, I guess these cards are not organized in any way. Sorry, tired again. Didn't sleep well last night. It was a real, uh, real hot night, so I didn't sleep. Uh, so let's just start at the top. Let's start at the top. We're going to give every card a little bit of review. Granted, disclaimer, these reviews are not based on um, gameplay. There's no shot. I've been able to use all of these cards. I have used all of them in their uh, individual player moments. That's against a CPU on a low difficulty, but generally speaking, you can get a decent feel for your cards. Not all the time, sometimes. Most of these reviews are going to be based on their attributes and what I've d uh, discovered from using their swings in the moments and things like that, or their pitching deliveries. So we're going to start with Nick Prado. Lefty swinging, lefty throwing, first baseman who also plays the corner outfield. So that's decent versatility. Um, 92 fielding. Very high. You know what? I'm going to, guys. Uh, listeners of Apple and Spotify, just bear with me for one quick second. For the YouTube people, I am actually going to move my camera up. There you go. So now we can see all the attributes together as a team. Is that better for everybody? I know you can't respond to me, but... Just like it down below if that was better. Uh, now you can see all the attributes, right? So Nick Prado, or Prado, I'm sorry. His utility here is really just as a bench bat against left-handed, or right-handed pitching, rather, excuse me. And even then, there are far better options. 92 contact right, 108 power right is good for up to all-star. If you're above an all-star player, Nick Prado's not it. Uh, 92 in the field. That's what they did with a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are low-ish low contact, middle-of-the-road contact, high power, good fielding. That was their way to bump these guys to 95. Because the other way to do it would have been to put their offensive attributes through the roof. And because of the way they're trying to balance cards at this point in the year and how they're really trying to slow roll the cards, they couldn't do that. So they had to bump up the fielding. So we're just acknowledging that we're not necessarily complaining about it. We're just acknowledging that that is how these overalls came about. Right. And overalls don't matter. Like Cattell Marte's 93 card. That card is virtually a 99. The card is disgusting. So attributes only, uh, not attributes, card ratings only mean so much. It's more about the attributes and the spread. Always remember that. So Nick Prado, 
I don't expect to ever see this card unless it's BR. And BR is going to be an absolute demon. He's got a decent swing. Good in the field. 52 speed for first baseman ain't bad. With 94 reaction, honestly, honestly, you could play him in a corner. 94 reaction, 52 speed with an 88 arm, you could play him in a corner. I still don't think he's a, he's a viable Hall of Fame level corner outfielder, but that gives him some flexibility. Reed Detmers. The reason we didn't get a tops now or something else for his no-hitter is because he was getting this. Um, things to like. Not funky delivery, but certainly a different one. It's going to be a little deceptive because you don't see it a lot. One or two hits per nine. Very nice number. Very good number. Um, the pitch mix. Meh. He does have a cutter. It's his fifth pitch. He only has 70 control of it. That's behind my face. Unfortunately, you can't see that. That's his worst control. 76 pitch break, his worst pitch break. So it's not even a good pitch. Uh, it's only marginally faster than his slider. So it's not even... Yeah. This, I, unfortunately, this card is not good. It's also a lefty pitcher. And with so many lefty pitchers in the game right now, Keuchel, Randy... There are many more. Madison Bumgarner is even kind of viable. I don't think Detmers is in the conversation. He doesn't throw hard enough. 95 on his fastball. Eh, you know, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if I if I saw him in use because it's hard to get a lot of these good pitchers and he's easily available, but I will not be using him. I'm not going to touch this card. Brian Bello or Bayo. Again, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say it. Terrible pitch mix. Four seam slider, circle change, two seam. His differentials are pretty good, honestly. Four-seam at 99, two-seam at 97. Normally, I'd want that two-seam to be a tick or two slower to really offset the difference there. You can use it more like a sinker, more like a sinking changeup. Or even, not even a splitter, but more. It, it would dive more, and because the speed difference is, is larger, it would be more deceptive. Uh, slider and circle change are virtually the same speed. So, yes, you do have to pick up on the different breaks, but the timing is going to be virtually the same. Um... Things to like. 97 hits per nine, pretty good at this point. Especially with the way, again, they've been slow rolling the contact uh, content. rather. Uh, 97 velo, very good. 97 break, very good. 82 control, mm, average. It's fine. It's not great. It's not bad. It's fine. Um, the problem here, the pitch mix, very bad. And he gets no helpful quirks. He does have the sinker ball quirk, so that two-seamer might work a little bit. But only having four pitches in your starting rotation is not good. Normally, you need five. It just adds a little bit of extra deception, something else for people to think about. So, Brian, not, not for me. Matt Bresch. Got a rough start to his MLB career. But, highly talented prospect from Canada. He's Canadian. Um, five pitches. The only... Two semi-meta pitches. Fastball is a meta pitch. If you have enough velo, fastball is a meta pitch. The slurve is one of my favorite pitches. You have to be very careful with it, but the slurve, for me, is one of my favorites. The slider-slurve tunnel I find very effective because they start from the same point and begin to break the same way, but then the slurve comes more down, slider goes more out. Um, 94 velo, that's very good. 99 breaks, very good. 81 control, eh. 99 hits per nine is good. 102 Ks per nine theoretically should help with foul balls. We know it doesn't. Um, this card is okay. It's better than the two pitchers we've talked about thus far. He doesn't come in nearly, nearly close enough to my rotation. But by no means is a bad card. It's a, it's a fine card. Corey Lee. 
So they they dropped a lot of catchers in face or future stars. I keep calling face of the franchise future stars because I think the program is called Faces of the Future. That's why I'm getting confused. They dropped a lot of catchers, which is cool. They've really made a concerted effort to give us more catchers this year. Attribute-wise, he's not the best, but I think with the way he plays, he might be the best catcher that was dropped, and I think a lot of people agree. Uh, 81 on the field is actually lower than what we've seen, but 98 arm, 96 accuracy, that's great. 64 speed for a catcher, very good. Um, This is the problem, though. So many of these cards have bad contact versus right. I know there are a lot of lefty pitchers right now, but at some point, that's going to catch up to them. I don't see utility for this card. I guess in theory, if you want a backup catcher who hits lefties a little bit for your bench, fine. If you don't care about offense at your catcher spot and you want someone who's just going to hose runners, I get it. He also plays first and third. I wouldn't play him ever at first. Third, I guess, maybe, possibly. It's a good catcher. Not one that I, I I would rather use. Obviously, I'm recognizing not everybody has these cards, but I would rather use Joe Maurer, um, both versions. I would rather use Gary Carter. Rather use Salvador Perez, the new diamond that came out. Even though his contacts are low, his swing is sexy. I'd rather use 91 Gary Sanchez. Um, this is a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type of card. That is the problem. He does not have a specialty. A lot of these cards, in my opinion, need to be specialty cards to be viable. Because at this point, as someone with a god squad of the best cards available, I don't mean to pat myself on the back or be a dick about it, but I'm just being realistic. Someone who has all of the cards in the game that are worth playing, I only really see two or three of these cards as god squad viable. Corley's not one of them. Next, Gunnar Henderson. This card they built better. A lefty bat that crushes righties reasonably well. He's got a nice swing. It's a shortstop. It's a a shallow position right now. Second base, shallow position. Third base, shallow position. He plays shallow positions. I have seen this card online in the event, and I expect to see it in in ranked. Is it the best card? No. Am I going to use it? No. Is it my favorite? No. But I can understand why people are using it. Very good contact and power versus right. Against lefties, not amazing. Good enough. 84 in the field is just fine. I wish they would have started him at 95. So it's super fractor. He's a 90, but it's whatever. Uh, he will get to 99 arm at P3. 82 speed at, at P5. It's a, it's a good card. It is built appropriately for what you'd want it to be. Some of these other ones are built fucking stupid. This one's built well. Yoelki Cespedes. Uh, a BR goon and nothing else. A center fielder with some speed. Good arm, plays the corner outfields. I'm sure at this point in his career, he doesn't want to be compared to his brother. His brother is Ioannis Cespedes. But this is basically a Ioannis Cespedes card. Middling contact, really high power. I think he has, honestly, the same exact fucking swing. Decent in the field with a cannon for an arm. The only difference is that he runs better. So... Only a BR card, in my opinion, or an all-star event card. I, I, if, if you use this card in ranked, you are either the best player in the world with Yoelki Suspedis, or you have no idea how to build a lineup. Because there are far better options that are cheaper, easier to obtain, and even in this program, there are better options. 
Orelvis Martinez. I guessed this one in my, in the last episode. I actually guessed both Blue Jays and Tampa right. Uh, so, pass to me. Uh, a third baseman. <clears throat> excuse me. So a shallow position who also plays second and short. Again, those are the positions we needed filled, and this program accomplished that. A righty hitter who hits righties well. 103 power versus right is a nice number. Doesn't hit lefties as well as we'd like. 90 power is was is fine. 82 contacts definitely low. He's got low-ish fielding, considering where a lot of these other cards net out, but he's got a crazy good arm. And honestly, by the way, you don't need a ton of fielding at third base. At P3, he's a gold. That's more than enough. Um, decent speed. It, it is in the middle of the road as far as the 30 cards in this program. It's fine. It's not great. His contacts are too low for my personal preference. I need higher contacts. Uh, maybe you don't, but I do. So it, this card's fine. It's not. It's not bad. It's not good. Now this card fucking smacks. Uh, Austin Martin, center fielder for the Twins, who could play third, short, left, and right. Fantastic, fantastic versatility. Fantastic versatility. The Twins got a steal when they traded Jose Barrios for this guy. That's no slight on Jose Barrios, but Austin Martin projects as a future star. Quite literally, it's why it's a card. I didn't mean the pun there necessarily, but it is. Uh, and Jose Barrios is a, a number three starter at best, honestly. So 110 contact right, 118 contact left. When you factor in how the parallel system works, fantastic numbers. 73 power right's a little low. 81 power left is fine. Up to 86, decent number. 80 in the field. So, if you want to play him in, in his secondaries, you're going to have to get him to P5 to get him a gold shield. But otherwise, he starts at a gold in his primary and center. 77 reaction is a little low for a center fielder. 82 speed will make up for that a little bit. 78 arm is a little on the low side for a center fielder. But, you're not using this card for his defense. You're using him as a table setter, a two-hitter, maybe a one-hitter. This is a good card. He's not in my lineup. I will see this card in ranked. I can guarantee it. This is one of the top five cards in the program. I don't know the ranking of the top cards per se, but this is a top five card. I know who number one is, and we'll get there. But this is a top five card. This card is very, very good, built very, very well. I wish they would have made his fielding, more specifically his reaction, a little higher. But it's fine. Justin Foscue. It's a second-base prospect for the Rangers, who also plays third and short. Again, those are positions we want to see. Um, again, low contact right, high powers, decent contact left. Decent in the field. You don't care about his 46 speed. What makes this card good, it's in the top half of the cards released, is his swing. I can't quite tell if it's Mondesi's or a Eugenio Suarez's, but we know that those are fast, aggressive, Slappy with power swings. Swing alone, you're getting a goon. I think his contact versus right is too low for a ranked season's God Squad. But if you take this card in BR and I play you, I'm petrified because he's going to hit nukes. This is, this is a sneaky good card. Sneaky good. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if you use it in ranked because Chase Utley's hard to get. Could tell his price has come down, but he was hard to get at one point. Mookie Betts is expensive. I could, I guess, see him in ranked. Just he's not not for me. Uh, Jackson Job, never heard of him. Future star for the Tigers. 
Primary slider, which is interesting, and it's a slow one. Four seam gets up to 96, two seam 95. Um, the slider being a primary makes this a little more palatable. He's only 19 years old, too, which is interesting. Uh, but his pitch, he doesn't have any of the meta pitches. His curveball is not going to be good because curveballs are never good unless they are a 12-6 or slurve. And then they're still not always great, but they're better. 94 hits per nine is, is, is fine. 99 break is good, but the velo is a little on the low side. This guy is a control pitcher. 89 control with good break. He's a junk baller who doesn't throw meta pitches. I don't see why you'd use this card. I don't personally think his delivery was glitchy. To each your own. If you're Paul Sporer, shout out, friend of the show, and you're a Tigers fan, maybe he's your ace. He's just not mine. So I don't love this card. I could be wrong. Maybe I'll see him. But based off the spread I'm seeing here, not that good. Brady House, another dog shit card. Uh, Brady House, a bad card. He has a shit swing. Uh, he plays short, second, and third. He has low contact versus right again, but then he's average in everything else. 84 in the field's not even that fantastic. 69 speed. This card sucks. The Nationals got absolutely hoed. They could have had other guys. Cade Cavalli was a name that people were throwing around. He's a top pitching prospect who is very good. Not saying this kid won't be a good player. He very well might be. He might be a future star. But this card sucks. This is a terrible, terrible, terrible card. Henry Davis. This is the primary competition for Corey Lee as far as the best catcher of the program. Cor um, Henry Davis's offense is built better. I prefer this type of balance when it's on a catcher. Because it's fine. You're not no normally asking your catcher for a ton of offense. Fielding is low, 75. He'll get to a gold at Superfractor, but he's got a cannon. He's good blocking. 52 speed, not bad. My issue with Henry Davis is entirely swing-based. Henry Davis is a MLB The Show fan. He's a very good player. He has a real 99 in the game. He's played Kevin uh, G.O.D. In, in videos. This is not a slight against Henry Davis the person. But in this video game, his swing is one of the worst swings I've ever played with. I don't know if that's actually how he swings in real life. I hope not. But... He's got no power, it's a wet queef, and he only hits the ball the opposite field, even if you try to be early on it. So, not, not a good card, in my opinion, solely for that reason. If you could figure out his swing, you might be a stud with him, because his, his attributes are very good. But, based off of his swing, I'm not going to use this card, ever. Michael Taglia is a good card. And I know that we've just been complaining about low contact right versus high power. Yes, this is a copy-paste of a lot of those cards. But, first base with corner outfield secondaries, just like Nick Prado. 95 in the field, that's excellent. He's a diamond everywhere. 97 reaction, amazing. 48 speed is meh, but with 95 fielding, or 90 fielding in his secondary, with 97 reaction, he'll be fine. The reason he's the top five card in this program is that he's a switch hitter with a great swing. Switch hitter with a great swing. He's tall. He's 6'5". You might have to get used to the size of his batting, um, his strike zone, rather. Or his batting stance. Either way. Both would have been fine. But this is a good card. For me, strictly BR. But, when he comes up in a BR round, I'm taking him. Interesting build. It's a copy-paste. 
But it's the other things that make it worth it. The switch hitter, the incredible fucking fielding, and the swing. He's, he's good. He's got a lot of pop in this bat. Khalil Watson, um, eh, shortstop third baseman, lefty swinging shortstop, if, if it's interesting. He's tiny little fuck. He's 5'9". Speedy boy, 93 speed, 92 steel, 95 base running. He's going to fly around the bases. He's going to cut the bases very well. 86 in the field. It's good. He's going to get to P4, and he'll be a diamond at short. Um, I don't know what he is, though. He's not a slap hitter because his contacts aren't high enough. He's not a power hitter because his power hitting, uh, power attributes aren't high enough. He's not quite anything. I don't think he serves a role. If they wanted to make him a bench base stealer, they should have jacked his speed all the way up to 99 with his stealing at 99. If they wanted to make him a late-game fielding replacement, they should have made his fielding higher. If they wanted to make him a bench bat against right-handed pitching, they should have jacked his stuff up. So instead, what they did is give us something that is essentially nothing. It's not against Khalil Watson. He's probably going to be a fine player when he makes it to the majors. He's only 18 years old. But as far as what I'm seeing here, the card does not do anything particularly well. So I'm skipping over him. Pete Crow Armstrong. The jury is out on this card. I have high hopes for this card. I look at it, and it reminds me of Jacoby Ellsbury's uh, high diamond card. I think it was a 96 from MLB 20. OGs will know. That's one of the best 96 overall cards maybe to ever exist. Uh, it's that card with better arm strength. Center fielder who plays the corners, obviously, because I don't know of any center fielder that cannot. He's got very high contacts. Not incredible power. The power versus right will play because he has a nice swing. The power versus left is a little meh, meh, meh. But 97 in the field, 88 arm, 99 reaction, 89 speed. I like cards that are built this way. I wish his powers were just a smidge higher. A smidge. Even at the expense of some fielding. Or a little bit of contact versus right. Guys like this with nice, short, tight swings. Pause. Short, tight swings. Play well. He reminds me so much of Jacoby Ellsbury. I have hopes for it. I'm not going to use him on the God Squad, but I will try him out in events. Absolutely. And I could I could give a better review probably in a couple weeks from now. But I think the card is a, it's a top 10 card, maybe top 8 card in the program. Wouldn't be shocked if I see it online. It's slappy. It's frustrating. It's, it's going to cause some headaches. And he might have some sneaky pop. So decent card. Next, Mason Wynn. This is, unfortunately, the worst card in the program. Because, yes, his contacts are high, and yes, his powers are low. So you know what you're getting here. You're getting a speed demon, because 92 speed, 97 steel. You're getting a slappy hitter. He's a shortstop. He's going to field incredibly well, 99 arm off the rip. But his swing is poopy. He doesn't generate any power. He's going to be a line drive demon who can't even have enough power to hit the gaps. His moment was not a hard one, but it took a long time because I just could not get anything to fucking fall or or do what I needed it to do. So, the Cardinals got hoed. They have better prospects in their system. Not to say this kid won't be good. I'm pretty sure he's the son of former Major Leaguer Randy Wynn, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but this is not for me, this card. Here we go. The best card in the program, hands down, no question. It's Bobby Miller. 
Bobby Miller, Bobby, blah, 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 marbles in my mouth. Bobby Miller is a 22-year-old pitching prospect for the Dodgers. Four-seam slider splitter, which is a better changeup this year. Sinker and a curveball. We're not going to throw the curveball a lot. It's his fifth pitch. It only has 75 control, and it has 82 break, which is his worst break. However, however, 102 hits per nine. 99 velo with outlier. Is the only pitcher without liar in the program. 97 break because his slider moves that much. And his slider also has 87 miles per hour on Velo, which, fuck it. He's going to mix some people up. I have not used him online yet. I just unlocked him today, Monday, June 6th, the day before you're listening to this. But this is going to be in everybody's rotation. As of right now, this is a God Squad starter. It is the only surefire God Squad player in this entire program. I said there were three that I could see on the God Squad. This is the only one that is a hands-down, surefire one. Get this card. But don't pitch him against me, because I won't be able to hit him. Uh, Right fielder for the Reds, Austin Hendrick. Lefty bat. Piss-poor contacts, really high power. Good in the field, good speed. Stop me if you heard this before. Um... It's got a very nice swing. Otherwise, this card is unusable unless it's events or BR. It's got to be on All-Star or below. Otherwise, this card sucks. But cool card, cool swing, lefty swing. I love lefty swings. Uh, they're better than any other swing. And he feels well and he's fast. I, I don't know. I'm not enthused by this card. Blake Walston. This card is disappointing. Lefty starter, five pitches, only throws bullshit. Doesn't throw any of the meta stuff. Um, 97 hits per nine is okay. 99 breaks very good. Velo is low. Control is eh. I was hoping for more good pitchers. This is not one of them. He's just not usable. His his release is okay. I found it pretty easy to pick up. Not that good. All right, we're getting there. We're going to go a little faster now. Michael Harris. Electric prospect for the Braves. He's in the bigs right now. Um, This is a you-get-what-you-get card. You're getting a slappy, left-handed swing, sneaky pop against righties, incredible in the field, will run his ass off. I wouldn't be surprised if I see this card just because of how nice his swing is. He's not going to be on my team, but I think he's one of the 10 best cards in the program. Definitely 12 best. Um... But he is what he is. Like, like I said, none of these guys really excel in anything. This is the second best card in the program, Bryson Stott. I got him and sold him so I can get stubs to finish the George Brett collection, but I fully intend on getting this card back. There is even a chance he competes with Cattell Marte for my starting shortstop job, just depending on how I like his swing. This is the build I want my cards to have, especially in the middle infield. High contact versus both sides. Decent power against lefties, Power that will play against righties. 81 power versus right, 70 power versus left. 88 in the field, so at P2, our boy's a diamond. Um, He won't get to diamond in his secondaries of second and third, but that's fine. You don't need diamonds there. 83 speed, plenty. Plenty. This card is built very well. It's a lefty swing. Like I said, I like lefty swings. In the majors right now, he's been struggling a little bit, but I hope he picks it up because this card is insane looking. Insane looking. I like this card a lot. Oswald Peraza, skip it. Don't use him. His swing is awful. I wish they would have given the Yankees someone cooler. Um, 
He's a contact guy with middle-of-the-road power that doesn't play because his swing is so bad. He's good in the field. He's excellent in the field. And he's a good base runner. But, like, you're not starting a card because he can field and run the bases. You're starting a card because he can hit. And this, this card can't. Garrett Mitchell. The best fielding card maybe in this program. 92 in the field, 94 speed, 90 reaction. Contact rights at 100. I mean, he's a... I'm sorry if you hear my dog barking, by the way. I fully apologize for this. Um, it's a decent card. It's not great. It is what it is. Uh, it's it's It doesn't stand out. That's it. That's what a lot of these are. They don't stand out. George Valera. So, you're going to think I'm crazy. I could see this card on... Oops, sorry. I could see this card on benches. For those who are listening, I accidentally closed the card. That's why I said sorry. It's back up now. 97 contact right, 110 power right. Because of his swing, I think that's playable off the bench. You're never going to start him because he can't hit lefties worth a shit, and he's not great in the field compared to some of his pred or, or um, counterparts in this program. Even though his contact versus right is not as high as I'd like as my bench bat against righty pitching, I think his swing makes up for it. This is a decent card. It's a top 10 card in the program. Josh Lowe. Center fielder who could play both corner spots. This card sucks. He's incredible in the field, and he can run the bases very well. But his fielding, I mean, sorry, his hitting is just like balanced across the board nonsense. He doesn't do anything well. 88 contact right, 82 contact left, 92 power right, 80 power left. If they're going to give him low contact, jack his power up. But they couldn't do that because they made his fielding and speed so good. And again, you're not playing a card on your god squad because he fields and runs well. Playing it because it hits. This one doesn't hit. Even if his swing is nice. I'm not doubting that. His swing is fine. But his, his attributes aren't good. Uh, Joey Bart is one of the biggest L's of this entire program. He's one of the three worst cards. His swing is dog shit. His fielding is whatever compared to the other catchers. His speed is slow as fuck. Um, the Giants have other prospects, guys, that are not named Joey Bart. It seems like Joey Bart's the only one that we ever talk about. Marco Luciano is incredible. Uh, Hel uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, I apologize, but Heliot or Heliot or Elliot Ramos, excellent player. Uh, there are other ones, like, it's not just those three guys, there are plenty of other ones. Uh, so let's, let's stop giving Joey Bart cards. This card sucks, I don't want it, I don't think anyone's going to use it. I'm sorry if you're a Giants fan, but this card is not good. Luis Campusano, another guy we keep getting cards of. Last year we got one that's about this, this high too, he was a headliner I believe. Um, better swing than Bart, basically the same build as Bart. Like, identical card, just with different swings. So, he will be better than Bart, because he doesn't have Bart's swing, but it, again, he's... It's whatever. He's not that good. He, he is probably the best offensive catcher dropped, as far as sheer attributes go. I think Corey Lee's swing is better. You know, but he's a free 95 overall catcher, and if you're hurting a catcher, I would not be discouraging you from trying him out. We've got two left. Shea Langoliers. It's a pretty good catcher. Pretty good catcher. Camposano's got the edge on him offensively just a little bit because his power's a little higher. But look at this fielding. 92 field, 97 arm, 87 reaction, 88 block. He's a really good fielder, guys. I mean, his swing was pretty good. He's not my favorite, but he's not bad. Uh, and this is the final excellent card in the program. Brett Beatty, Mets prospect. Third baseman, left field secondary. He's a gold in the field. At P1, he's a gold in left field. But this is a bench bat. 
This is what you want in a left-handed swinging bench bat. Good contact, 108 versus righties, 100 power versus righties, with a nice, short, fast swing. Brett Beatty is usable. If you want to start him at third base, have a blast. I think he's more than viable. I personally will not be doing that, because I have George Brett. As I've said, he's never leaving my lineup. Uh, but, is a good card. Top five card in the program. Might even be number three overall. He's in that general discussion. So guys, that is it. We did a lot. We talked a lot. I, I mean, I talked a lot. Uh, this program, just so you guys know, it's a month-long program. It goes all the way to a million XP. You stop getting Face of the Future fucking packs, whatever the fuck. I keep calling them wrong. At 475,000 XP. So you'll get there easy peasy. After that, it's standard packs, headliners, ball-ins, always intense set one. That's pretty cool. Stubbies, big dogs, as if we haven't gotten a fuck enough of those. More headliners, more stubs, more big dogs, more packs, more ball-ins. They're rewarding you for grinding. I don't see why programs should ever stop, because people are always going to be playing the game. If you want to keep giving me free standards, I'll take them. It looks like that's the approach we've taken this time. So guys, be sure you come by... Catch a, uh, catch a stream, twitch.tv slash kdjtv. Now that my busy season in my real job in the real world is over, I am back on Twitch more consistently. I don't have a schedule per se. It will vary week to week, but I will be streaming at least once, mostly twice per week. Uh, also, please subscribe down below here. But I have another podcast. It's called Earth's Mightiest Idiots. If you're watching on YouTube, it is in the description. Uh, just do me a favor and just throw me a subscribe. Maybe if you like it, like a video, watch a video. It's it's a nerd podcast. We talk about nerd stuff. Me and my uncle actually run the show. Uh, we have a ton of fun. We've had four episodes. We review Obi-Wan Kenobi, review Stranger Things. We battle uh, superheroes and villains together. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. So if you guys could do that, I'd love you all forever. I already love you all so much for listening. So thank you guys so much. I hope your grinds are going well, and I hope George Brett is closer uh, than you think he is. All right? There's an awkward pause at the end there. So that, that means we're done. Talk to you guys next week.